welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for bringing the boys. I thought you needed a couple of wizards to introduce the podcast. Absolutely. Will, Tommy, you guys. A couple savers. We recorded. On the 13th time in my life that I played the recorder. The last time I floated this over to you guys, you spent a long time floating down the playing the recorder, singing songs. It was very pleasant. I play the recorder once a year. Well, on the And I would like to bring an accordion, but it's not very water friendly. No. Though I bring a plastic recorder. So I'm glad you shared that with me just around the fire tonight because I think our tips are dropping up here. And and this year I brought my jet boat, so I didn't get the, the experience of floating down the river. You know, drinking beer, hanging out with the boys. Staying pork slot. Pork slot. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, this is the well podcast, right? So we're trying to keep it, you know. PG? PG, if you can. Uh, so we're here on the trip. So, so here we are. We're, we're just, you know, I, 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 I wanted this podcast to be all about a hot elf, hot elf, but like, oh dear, here we are. We're sitting around the fire again in episode whatever, two or three, or whatever we use in this podcast. But if anything, I think it'd be fun to just kind of capture the adventure that we're on. We may have to just pause here because it's <laughs> dying right now. Laughing. <laughs> All it takes is for Will to stop laughing, and then I'm still laughing. Okay. So we'll maybe cut this bit out. <laughs> well, fortunately, we were not paying for cake. <laughs> I've never heard pork schlock before. That's awesome. <laughs> I think I've been pork slopped <laughs> the past seven it's nights. Years. It's a different word. <laughs> pork slopped. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, gotcha. So the past years, we we floated this river, and it takes a long time to get down here. And um, and you fill those times with like hanging out with your friends, rafting up, having the occasional beer. Playing the occasional, you know, singing the occasional song, um, recorder session. So you, we just give you guys a taste of the recorder session on the podcast. Um, but we're celebrating. We're having a really fun. We've had an uh, unexpected turn on our elk hunt. Um, well, why don't we talk about that? So we, we yeah. in the last podcast, we were, we were kind of kind of set up with talking about uh, calling elk and all the challenges of calling elk. And, and the truth of it is, like, Ben and I were sitting up on top of the hill today, and, and we were listening to jet boats driving by uh, on the river down below us. And 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 I and I said to, to Ben, I was like, "Take him over." This. I just like <laughs> you did. I, I'm like I'm like this. This is like we're having to wait. And one of the things about calling out, you need to hear the response, right? So there's no point of bugling if you can't hear what's coming back. And like if you're calling out to a highway or a river with Jet boats on it, or even a river. With, one of the problems these log guys make is they they hang they, they hang on the river where there's like rippling on them, like there's rapids ripple while ripple, mm-hmm. and like it just obscures the ability to hear the the subtlety of an elk eagle and his wind around you. Right? So, hey, we, we thought up first thing in the morning we climbed the mountain, oh, my mountain, the hill above camp, and and. We got a great view of the river valley below us and, and the river down below us and the hill out in front of us. And like, I was just about to pick up my deal to deal and a jet boat drove by. And the jet boat was so loud, right? And they, and it was like, they, they the river is kind of oscillates back and forth, right? Neon is back and forth. So it's like the jet boat is like in our fucking up in our grill for like, I can't see something else. But. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> it, no, it was yeah. like, it was like Forever. an hour. And so, and it's, just, and, and so, and, and I, I just, I want the, I want the, the noise pollution of the jet boat to disappear so that we can then call and then assess if there's any responses in the zone that we're trying to hunt. So, after like a series, three or four jet boats drove by in the series of the first hour of our hunt, I was feeling pretty disturbed. I was like, okay. There's more and more people pouring into this area. There's more and more jet boats. Oh man, We're, like the chance of us connecting on an elk is, is like diminishing by the minute. I'm, I'm kind of ready to go home with my broken ribs. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but hey, so there we go. We're so why don't you bring us up to speed, Dan? Take us through from Dylan being discouraged to like when things change a little bit. Well, you being my my mentor, my teacher, it, it felt very. You know, when you had the wind out of your sails, I kind of did it as well. But then I'm sorry for that. We, we, I realized at that time I was like. I'm being a dick by saying I'm fucking stuck. Oh no! I mean, I I didn't want to see you diminished. I I I I I had hope, and and so then we worked our way out of that little uh, stand of poplars down this gully. I love that word gully, and. And then down into the tree, into the timber line. And, um, you, did you rip a bugle? We, we'd heard, we'd heard, like, we'd heard a, a bugle. We'd heard a bugle yeah. in the distance. And, then, and we, and I think in the previous podcast, we talked about, like, distinguishing between mm-hmm. a hunter and an elk. And, like, just one of the, one of the three jetboats that drove by us drove around the band. And I think they stopped. They didn't hear them, like, you know, Carrying on forever, and then they probably stopped in a location that sort of coincided with where I interpreted that elk bugle to come from. Mm-hmm. When we heard that one elk bugle that was maybe five hundred yards, from me, yeah, I looked at my phone. I was like, okay, well that's about five hundred yards from the river bend on the other side of the obstacle. Yeah, so I was thinking like that's probably those guys mm-hmm. with a half decent elk call. Yeah, so I just didn't get excited. I, I yeah. didn't think that was a reality, but. Yeah. But then let that, then you're kind of pinched in this situation where like, you just assume that it's some other hunter and you just give up on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or do you hunt it out and, yeah. and see what happens next? So, and we did. And, you know, we, we sat there, you made a couple cow calls and then proceeded to play solitaire and on your phone. <laughs> okay, this is an important thing. <laughs> you should tell it. It's actually terrific. <laughs> oh, crib! Oh, sorry, sorry. I think it's a great idea. You're going to get into that, right? It, well, it is. It is. It's about, you it's can only glass for so long. What's also the most important thing is you sit tight for like, like if you sit tight, the longer you sit tight, the more chance an animal will come in. Without like, if you walk into an area, you're going to make so much noise, like, mm-hmm. and, and you think you're making noise. And, well, fuck with animals, you're going to make way more noise. Um, and they really hear it. So, like, I, I think it takes, like, um, like half an hour for the forest to reset after you walk through it. And then you'll notice this if you, like, listen to the squirrels and the birds and everything. If you just run into the forest and you sit down, it's dead quiet. Mm-hmm. And if you sit there for half an hour, all of a sudden you hear the squirrels going. And you hear the, the birds going. And then, like, the last thing that starts tripping up is the critter. The, the bears, the deer, the elk, and whatever. They'll start to work, work their way through it again. But if all the critters notice disturbance and they, they stop and they shut up. And then all the other animals are like, why is the threat? Something weird's going on. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. So like, they're hip to it, right? So, anyway, so, so it's really important to be able to like sit down for half an hour when you break into an area. Now for me, I'm super, I, 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 I struggle with that. So the way that I manage that, is to like play a game of crib, or recently been playing a lot of chess on my phone, learning how to play chess. I, and, I play chess all morning in my in my blog. Yeah, you level eleven on the chess dot com app. Level four, level four, hundred yellow. I just broke out of level three, pal. Oh, level, level with, three with those with those lessons from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. So as much as the, so, you take away from like you might be distracted. So like we may have talked about Will's story about sitting there, staring at his phone, playing chess while we all walk in and sit in front of him. And you killed it yesterday. Um, <laughs> that, that, was, that was one option. But the fact that he was sitting there, may, you know, that that's the first step, right? And whatever you can do to sit there. So I think that increases your up. So in this case, I was playing solitaire. We to back it up there, then like what, what our yeah. plan was. We heard we heard some guys calling. We heard what we thought might have been an elk calling. The last thing I want to do is like kind of go in and like 
break up these guys. And if they, if, they, if they are calling it up, I don't want I don't want to screw up. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of went to an area where we thought we were like 340 yards from where the action might have been. Mm-hmm. We sat on the side hill above the uh, an open grove, a poplar grove, um, fairly dense poplars with like chest high like um. Well, there's rose bush in there, and yeah, a bunch of what, what, willow, what willow in there. Uh, yeah, and we just sat up there, and we cow call. So I, I figured, okay, if we cow call, and that bull comes strutting to us, and I didn't feel we'd like to squeal that up that much. So that was our play, and we settled in there. I got into my name of crib, cow called the bunch, and then we're hanging out. Mm-hmm. Take it from there. So, we're saying, and, and this is the last ditch attempt at the morning. This is like 10, 10 in the morning, I think. And, um, I, all the while, you know, Dylan's making a couple cow calls, and I hear the snapping of branches that I know to be, um, some variety of big game. And, so, you know, I mean, I think about half an hour to 45 minutes goes by, and there's another snap, and Dylan goes, moose. And I see, I, I, I'm, I'm glassing, and I see a moose. And then I see, I'm looking harder, and I'm like, am I, is it the Glenn Fittich? Glenn's <laughs> talking from last night, or do I see two moves? Like, there's two moves moving side by side, feeding, going down this corridor. And, um, and then maybe you take it from there. So, like, it's incredible how these animals move through what, like, when we walk through this bush, it sounds like a Freaking train going through. Yeah. And then, I, you know, as we're sitting there, and as Will talked about the other night, like, like all of a sudden they appear in front of you. You're like, how did that, how did this animal get, how did it not, like, step on one twig, push through any brush? Like, what the hell? And, mm-hmm. and when I heard, that, like, that, like, I'm, as much as I'm playing my, 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 my Scrabble or my trivia, I'm listening hard. I'm very focused on listening. And I heard what was not like a distinct crack. It was like, there's a lot of other cracks you hear. There's like the falling leaves through the, through the trees or something like, it could be like footsteps in the, in the forest. You all, you'll also hear like squirrels go up and down and knock off like, yeah. um, pine, you know, pine cones or spruce cones. And that, that makes it what it sounds like that noise. It's like, so you're constantly alerted. You're like, Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? What's that? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear like a distinct, Crunch, crunch, crunch. And you're like, oh, that's an animal. And it's like, for every like 150 squirrels and leaves and like falling branches you hear, you hear a real crunch, crunch. And when you hear the crunch, crunch, it's like, why did I even listen to all those squirrels and falling branches? It's so obviously an animal coming in. So I heard the sound of the animal coming in. I put my binoculars up. The first cue was that branches moving like you can't always see the animal but you often see the branches moving mm-hmm. and 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 that and especially where we're hunting we're like you know there's like you know 10 foot high willow in lots of spots like you can't see the animal you can see where they are because they're, they're moving the brush around um nonetheless we i saw i saw the brush the brush moving and i had my binoculars on and the brush moving and all of a sudden i thought antlers i was like freaking right that's a bull elk it's coming into our call. It's coming right into our setup within 100 yards. And it's huge. Fantastic. Awesome. We're going to kill it out. And then half a second later, I'm like, I see the giant nose of a bull moose coming out. I'm like, oh, it's a bull moose. <laughs> what a disappointment. It's not what I anticipated. And here where we're hunting, like, like, you know, <clears throat> Running an area where we're, we're hunting, but we're expecting to kill elk, and we're anticipating to see an elk 
walk out. But a bull moose is kind of like a bonus thing here. Like, like if you happen to see a bull moose that is like a two point, that's legal. Or if you happen to see a moose that is, has a tripod or ten points. And in my mind, in my reference, frame of reference for moose, like, but, like the chances of that happening is like one in ten. For every ten bull moose you see, one might be legal. So in my frame of mind, I'm like, oh, what a bummer. This is a shit show. But this is like, now we have, well, not the, it's not the elf that I hoped it was coming in. Now we see a moose coming in. And then, as I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, that's a big moose. And he's got lots of points. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of points. <clears throat> and I start counting. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Shit, does he have a tripod? Shoot. Oh, God. And then I started looking at it, I'm like, wait a second. How come his antler configuration has changed? Oh, that's a different moose. Okay, hold on. So, okay, so now at this point, my heart started to race, because like, I sort of, I've sort of acknowledged that like, that this is, this is, this is, this is not like, uh, a, a tragedy. This could possibly be a huge opportunity to potentially change the course of the time. And so my heart's racing, and and I'm, and I, and, I, and, I, and now I'm watching two bull moose down below me, and and they're in this relatively thick poplar timber. We're a hundred yards away. I've got a great rest for my binoculars, and I'm watching them as carefully as I can, trying to figure out if they're a ten point bull moose, and they're gonna be ten points or tripod. They're definitely not a two point. So I'm working from there. So Ben, what do you, what do you see from where you sit? Well, I'm shaking like a new leaf trying to count. <laughs> I don't know how many times I tried to count. And it... Oh, is that a tree just falling in the distance? Yeah. I don't know how many times I tried to count. <clears throat> um, once I realized there were two of them. And that they could very... Both, you know, viably be legal. Um... And then, like, what made it doubly hard is that they started sparring. So now you're trying to count the 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 times on <laughs> two moves that are now interlocked, and you're looking through all kinds of shit trying to differentiate between the two, just to like, and they they withdraw before they go back in for another bout, and and you're like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, eight, seven. I don't know. You know, and definitely then they go two. Back definitely in. two on the brow tie. Yeah, Wait, definitely oh, two, two on the brow tie. Three on that one. Yeah. Oh, which one was it? Now they flipped around. They yeah. turned. Yeah, I, was oh, like, I think oh. I see three. But you know, you can't. Like it is a nerve wracking game. So he did. Like that was a like that, just a lot. Like at one point, I had actually like. I had I had assigned myself to like I, I I had assigned the situation to be like oh we're just gonna be able to watch these two beautiful moose mm-hmm. hang out and speed across in front of us because mm-hmm. I I didn't think they were legal bulls yeah and I was like this is gonna be great we're just gonna sit here and what a treat to watch these two bulls yeah that's what, that's what I thought too and then and then all and then the, then they started to put a show with the fight. Mm-hmm. And then I started counting points in different directions. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That guy might be legal. Mm-hmm. Shit, he might be legal, too. Mm-hmm. And then, like, my poor heart starts racing. So, so one of the things I'm trying to do, like, and this is something I've, I've, I've dealt with my whole life as a hunter, and every hunter deals with this. It's like that excitement that, like, drives you to, like, make bad decisions or, you know, as you're trying to shoot an animal, trying to like, you know, take aim, take quality aim at an animal, and just and make good decisions about when that when is a good time to take a shot, when it's a clear open shot or when it's within range, and like that excitement can kind of corrupt your ability to like make those good decisions. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is something I deal with all the time. I, I I I I'm trying to make good decisions around when I pull the trigger, make sure that I. 
have 100% success. That, that, that's, that, that's what you're going for. 100% success for that trigger. And excitement can, 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 and poor decision making can, can reduce the ability to have 100% success, right? So I'm working on that. So with, the, with this animal who's now presenting itself in multiple ways, spinning around, fighting, I'm counting his points over and over again, and I, they've got, they've got a, on a moose, there's what they call a, a brow palm, which is a palmation in the front, that in this area, it has three points coming off the brow palm. So three points, and, and coming off the, 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 the palm that kind of goes out over its eye. And then there's a narrow bit in its paddle, that narrows down, and then there's whatever after that. Um, we make up the rest of the pile. So if it happens to have three points on the, on the, on the brow palm, it's legal to shoot. In this case, both bulls that we were looking at each had two points off the brow palm. So it, they would need to be a ten point bull beyond their, their, their brow palm. So I counted this, what appeared to be the larger bull with more distinct points. Then I counted seven points on his back paddle. And then I counted that he had two points on his front brow palm several times. And then as I looked at him, he had a point that was a very distinct point that's like 10 inches long that was actually between his brow palm and his main palm with seven points. So then I kind of did the math in my head. I was like, well, he's got seven on his main palm, and he's got two brow palms and his extra point. That counts up to ten. So I think that bull is legal. So meanwhile, these two, now these guys have fully, have fully, like, committed to the, this fight that they're in, and they're, they're smashing each other. And I'm kind of, I've done the math in my head and I've, I've counted the seven points several times. I've counted the three points several times. And I'm trying to figure out in my mind, I'm like, I need to see, I'd like to see all 10 points at one time. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, his head is like going down back and forth behind a tree, pushing into this other elk, oh, that's right, other moose. And I can see three. And I can see seven, three, and I can see seven. As they're going back, you know, in behind this tree. Three and seven equals ten. So no, it's legal. <laughs> but my mind is like, I don't want to shoot this thing until I see all of them together. I can count one. And, and a couple times I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, I don't actually have a shot right now. Because it's standing behind some trees, and I'm waiting for the shot to open up. I'm also kind of in my mind thinking, like, these guys are one step away from stepping over that bank and disappearing forever. And then the other bull has a real good charge in this little battle they're in, and pushes this bigger bull back to where his whole chest is showing me a perfect shot. And I'm thinking to myself, I've, I've counted this thing like multiple times. I'm 100% confident it's seven, it's 10 points. Like, do you, do you shoot it now? You've got the shot. Mm-hmm. And I shot it. And then, I sh- well, put the crosshairs on his heart, shot it. I saw him run. I saw him turn and run. I shot again at the back of his head because he was running away from me. But I shot at the back of his head and he fell down. So I thought maybe I shot him back there, but actually it turned out after we autopsied the autopsy, I just got him with the heart or sorry, the lungs for the first time, and he fell down. But this is kind of like one of the challenging things of like hunting. It's like so like there we are, we're sitting there. I'm like I'm like I'm a hundred percent sure this is a ten point bull, and I'm like I'm like I've counted him multiple times. I've looked him over for forty five minutes. I'm sure he's a 
unbelievable. But I'm just stressed out inside of me, like to no end. That what if, like, what if one of those points that I counted wasn't necessarily like, what if it, like, what if, what if it doesn't meet the legal definition of a point? They all look like they were two inches or more. What if one of, what if the whole thing is just like kind of a miniature view of what you're doing, right? Like what you're looking at. And maybe one of those points is not bigger. And all that just like is inside of you as you're like trying to like get down and find this animal. And then meanwhile, your buddies hear your shot. So they're all hunting in the next day. And they're, and they're, <laughs> so well, what did you think when you heard the shot? I heard two shots. And I was, uh, glass in the bank. I was, uh, feeling a little lazy today, to be honest with you. And, uh, but I also, I also know that, like, every year when I start hunting, I do the same thing. I just, I'm so excited just to get out there, just tromp around, push, push, like, get way in there. And every year I have this moment of realization of, like, okay, just, just like, hang on a second. Sit once or twice. And I almost feel like I don't really hunt until I've had a good sit. And it takes me a few days to like do my tromp around before I have a good sit. So I had a good sit on the river. And that's what I nothing. But I had my sit and I felt good about it. And I, I beat level 11 on the chess app. And, um, and I heard two shots. So I knew it was them. And, uh, so there's three groups here. So I'm by myself. We've got uh, Tommy and Tom behind me, and I have Ben Dylan in front of me. And so we all wait like 20 minutes before um, radioing. And actually, that's part of your story, Dylan, of like how like you don't want to be the first person to be like, hey, was that you? Like immediately, because you've told me stories about how like, that's messed hunts up for you. Yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of messed things up. Where it's like, because mm. like the second you hear a shot, you're like, that's my buddy. You want like radio like immediately. But we, we waited like 20 minutes or so. And, um, maybe 30 minutes. I turned the radio off so I knew exactly what Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. We, we, that, yeah. That was what's going to happen. So I messaged him. Actually, actually, you messaged first. You messaged me and you emailed me and you texted me. <laughs> 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 you had to sell or something? you. Oh, yeah, I did text him. I inreached him. Right. With my Garmin. Five and question marks. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question mark, question mark, <laughs> yeah, after, because you, you can't stand it. It's just so difficult to feel it. Oh, yeah. Hearing a shot that you know is your in, body. In your group of friends, it's like each of one of them is like, is an appendage, you know? It's like you're you're everywhere. Yeah. It's so a part of you. Feel it. So anyway, I, I was as patient as I could be. And, um... And then I, yeah, I heard Dylan finally come on and say, I shot a, shot a goose for figuring out here. We're going to go see, see where he is. And, you know. But at and, this point, like, I, like, I'm still like, I'm kind of, I'm like, I, I said to you guys, like, just, just give me some time. I want to sort this out. I want to see what's going on. Yeah, it was like referring to it as a situation. Uh, like, like, I, I just didn't want to did be you like, shoot oh. Ben? No, no, <laughs> no I, I just like, I, no, I said like we shot a moose and I was just like, blame we're, we're working on it. Uh, but, but what I, what I, I just didn't want to like prophesize to everybody that like, you know, yeah. I just wanted to be like, give, give us, give us half an hour. We'll recover this moose or like, if you guys are like in the area, like come help us look for it. Cause just, I shot this moose and thick willow and like mm-hmm. run off. And, and, and again, drive. again, I mean, this, that's like comes down to like, I have no idea what your like demographic is, but like, you think when you shoot an animal, that's your moment of like, elation, but it's totally not. Not at all. There's no, so much so self-doubt. <laughs> There's so much like, you're hunting mule deer, and it's like, that wasn't a, or you're hunting white tail, like, that wasn't a mule deer, right? No, no, I'm sure that was a, that was a white tail. You just go through in your head over and over again, like, where you think you hit it, that one second you saw it before it ran away, did it limp, did it do this, did it do that, and like, you, you self-doubt yourself so much after the shot, and there isn't a moment of like, joy or elation. Not at all. Well, I didn't feel that joy, I didn't feel that joy until we were like, we had a plan for the meat, we had it all hung up, 
and we came back to camp. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to allow myself the moment now to enjoy that we, that we harvested the moose. But like, in that moment that like, we pulled the trigger, there was nothing that like, I, I just like, it's so sketchy shooting the, pulling the trigger on a 10 point bull. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like there's mm-hmm. 10 points that could fail the test of On the out. ride, on the ride up, I, we literally had this conversation in the, in the truck and mm-hmm. you, you weren't in the truck. But me and then Rob or something, we yeah. we had the conversations like, you know what? If it's ten points, just forget it. Like if if I don't see the three three brow times, that's manageable. That's manageable. But like if it's ten points, forget it. Like there's no way you can count. Because I mean, I mean, hell, you, like you're in a four point mule deer season, you second second guess yourself over four points on a on a ten points, and, and they all have to legally be like, and they're in a big palm. And then in your case, it's like fighting another bull moose, and they're thrashing each other, and like so the benefit we have though, is that like <clears throat> we watched them for like an hour, mm-hmm. and we like we saw every side of those animals, and they, and they were together. They kept turning each other around, like oh that side's not legal, oh but that trout the, the, the trout palm might be legal. Yeah. The other guy actually had he had a three he had three points on his trout palm, but one of the points was not legal. You could go study. Ooh. Um, so, and God forbid, I'm not that we would have wanted to deal with two or lose that last spot, but, but I mean, gosh, was it stressful. And, yeah. and, 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 and even being stressful, like, all of it stressful. Like, 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 I was 100% sure that was believable. So, but there's still the stress of, like, recovering. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as, it, as soon as I shot it, and I, and I, and I had a hundred yards looking at this animal, I had a, a restaurant tree that, other bull pushed it back to have a perfect lung shot in my little one little view corner that I had between the two bulls. I have to think about what that other bull was thinking. Yeah. When when he was like, you know, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, all of a sudden, his oh, buddy just drops just, on the ground. Yeah. He's like, oh, geez, sorry, buddy, I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, yeah, you are right. I didn't. <laughs> or maybe it was like, yeah, yeah, that's right, buddy. That's what yeah. I told you. You yeah. fuck with me, you're going down. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Anyway, must have been a trip. That that was that was interesting though to see that what his reaction. Like, so so anyway, the bullet we that we shot, it was it was a heart lung shot. Oh, actually, no, it was lung shot. Lung shot. Um, and then. uh he, I hit him, I hit him like high in the lungs. He took off and started running away. And I, and I still had a good look at him when he was running. So I, I took a shot in the back of his head. And he fell down. And we thought maybe we'd find a bullet in the back of his head, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. So it, then the science would say that just that lung shot stopped him within, I don't know. It just filled him with blood. Yeah, yeah like 20, 30 feet where, where we, where we hit him. Yeah, so, but his buddy hung out there for quite a while. He just sort of like looked around, he looked at his buddy in the day, he's like, yeah, he's picked that buddy. Mm-hmm. And then he like hung out for a while, and we counted him several times. I, I was so confused. This is, this is such a like interesting thing in, ter- in terms of setup, because we're in thick, thick country, and you were six to eight feet away from and oh yeah, I was not seeing the same things you were seeing. Oh, you're seeing a different story. Yeah, totally. All I could see was occasionally the front of their um, paddles interlocking as they were sparring, and um, and their butts. So I can like. It, it was it, it was a completely different story for me, sitting six to eight feet away from. Me. Hmm. That's cool. And and like I, I I I was, I mean, you had more opportunity, I guess, from your vantage point to see what was going on. I just pieced it together over time. It took a yeah, long time to it piece it all together. And, then, yeah. and, then, and the problem, and my hesitation in shooting it was like, I pieced together all of these facts. He had two brow palms. Mm-hmm. 
He had seven points on his main mm-hmm. palmation. And then he had his other main tine coming out in between his main, main palm and his brow palm. That equals 10. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to get comfortable with the idea that I'd seen that several times. Yeah. To the point that I could shoot it. Yeah. Because it's so freaking, it's so, it's so concerning. Like I, I just, I don't want to have that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be standing there looking at a nine point bull elk going, oh, or bull moose in this case, sorry. It, yeah. I've, I've, I've been in that situation and it sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have it happen. So I, I wanted to be a hundred percent. And I was a hundred percent on the facts. I just wanted to, I just wanted him to come up basically within 25 yards, be like, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten. Right? You good? Shoot me now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's ideal. I thought it was. Yeah. I could only see his adversary and I knew that he was not legal by a certain point. And How then many I points? Like, I, I have no idea. He was like eight, nine. Eight, nine, huh? Yeah. Something like that. And it's close on one side. Sorry. Yeah, he, so, so yeah, he was he he but he had the tripod for sure. But he wasn't quite he may have been legal, but it wasn't legal enough to, So when I when I saw that second bull from four kilometers away on the edge <laughs> across the valley. Yeah. yeah. Given my limited knowledge of moose, his spread just looked small. Like was he a smaller animal? Up close, or were they pretty comparable? Well, we're also making assumptions that that was that was a single. Right? You think that could have been a third? Uh, it could, well, absolutely, because the, oh. the bull that was involved with this bull, um, they were. They, I mean, I don't know. They're like this. This bull is maybe um forty five inches or something like that. He put tape on him, and his buddy was about the same. So that that's a oh. a five year old bull. A, a, we're very, this is, this is actually, this bull is going to be fantastic to eat. He's not an old bull. It's more often like to have a 10 point bull would get him into that like eight year old bull category. I think this guy's like five years old. He's got very distinct points, which made it easy for us to count, which also makes him an amazing eating bull. He's also big enough that we're going to have lots of meat. This guy's going to be fantastic. Um, I've shot big bulls that are like, you know, ten point bulls that are much more developed and older, and they're like eight, nine year old bulls, I think, and then, and and they're wonderful. They're so good to eat. But they're just not. A, this is going to be prime. This guy here, he's not super mature. So that other guy was about a four or five year old bull. I don't. I don't think you know. A couple of years, he'll be a, he'll be big. That was the best heart I'd ever eaten this evening. Yeah, oh, wow, that heart was incredible. Some this made. evening. Incredible. So we packed this thing out, and 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 for like moose hunters are like pretty good about killing their moose, like on a lot of road or anywhere they can get their quad to. But we toughed it out. Five hundred yards, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Five hundred winding yards through Rose Hip, (laughs) and all of our forearms chin high. (laughs) So I have a theory. We had the Greek god with us, though. We packed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, um, you, you know, I don't like that uh, that nickname, Bill. <laughs> no, no, I'm kind of uncomfortable. That with actually, it, kind of was not. <laughs> I, was actually, I was comparing you to your God. Um, but Tom packed out. Tom was not. He's not joining us on this podcast recording because he's shy. He only says on the podcast shy. The God is shyness. But but when we, when when both you know. Well, the Greek god thing came from, well, Will and Tom were both out bathing in the birthday suits. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, I was like, wow, Tom makes, <laughs> I said, I think Will makes Tom the Greek god. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, <laughs> you know what? There's, there's, a... all, there's all kinds of gods. Like, I yeah. think, I wouldn't quite say I'm, I'm a Dionysus, but maybe a later Roman Bacchus. You know, I think, I think Bacchus is a good description <laughs> for me. It's great. Oh. But having said that, <laughs> having said all that, Tom fucking kids into like so like moose, moose quarter is like a hind moose quarter is like on a mature moose, which is it's like 130 freaking pounds. 
And Tom threw it on his fucking kuyu. I'm gonna give a prop out to kuyu in the fucking pack because I don't often do that. I often, I often get to bottle. Um, but you put a 130 pound quarter on a kuyu pack and did the, did the, the 500 meter run out to the, to the, to the river. And then you ran back and grabbed another one and ran back yeah. again. Yeah. Hero. Well, there was, there was, the second was a stone glacier. There was that. There's a little comparison. I don't know if you it, but well, there was. There, we did. We did. We did talk about this. And I don't know. I know that Tom has has an opinion about that. It's not here or there. Well, yeah. I mean, so we, I have a theory. I have a theory. I'm not a wildlife biologist by any means. I'm a dental physician by trade. Um, but I got a theory, and so I was. Uh, I had a head on my shoulders. I had loins in my pack, and. I tell you, you get those rose hips, and you're talking about like how well these massive animals can sneak through the bushes. And I was going through these thick rose hip garbage areas, and I was just getting like hung up constantly. And eventually, I just had this. I was like, you know what? This is nonsense. And I took everything off, and I turned the head around, and I strapped it to my to front of my pack, and I started walking and. I felt like a heaping pile of garbage, and it was terrible. But suddenly, the rosettes didn't affect me. <laughs> yeah. And so I have a theory about how these animals sneak in. I think they walk backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because the antlers they're facing forwards, and that snags everything. But yeah. when they're facing backwards, it just everything just runs off them. So it's just a theory. Yeah, but they sneak in well, backwards, just, and they're they don't get their angles hung up. And then when they're serious, they turn forward and keep walking. I just I'm just postulating. We'll postulate on that a little Con- more later. Conjecture. Okay, so we ra- so we we did a couple. Actually, so it was relevant on this whole story. We passed this moose out 500 meters. It's not, it's not that far. Do not pleasant country to the river bank. It's hot as freaking. Uh, what are these balls? That's <laughs> the yeah, balls, yeah. It's hot here. So, it's like 25 degrees in the day, so we're super warm. And like now it's maybe 10 degrees. Um, but we've got the, so we, we had a few theories over here. We were going to try and get this animal back up river to, to a friend's place we got a meat locker for us, but there just wasn't enough time today. So we've got this thing hanging, like, like, on these rivers, there's, every once in a while there's a bit of a, uh, a log pile uh, of, of driftwood is piled up, and um, there's this great big, giant spruce tree sticking out from this big pile of logs, and we could pull the boat underneath it. And so we just like tied all of our moose quarters off onto it mm-hmm. and hung it there. So now it's like literally six inches above the river. So it, we're hoping that the coolness of the river will like jump into the moose mm-hmm. over the course of the night. Tomorrow morning, Will and I are going to take all those quarters and dump them into the boat and run up river and um, put the boat on it. I'm oh, sorry, put the yeah, boat on the trailer and drive it over to a friend's place where we have a meat, meat locker for us. We'll leave it there for a couple of days. So, yeah, we've got a successful hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I think Man. that, yeah. Sorry, Kenji Jack. There were so many um, points on this hunt as like a newbie elk hunter and and like inadvertent news hunter, uh, where I learned a lot from you about what to do. You're, you're always thinking a step ahead, and well, one of those things was as soon as you'd shot, and this is a, a trick. Your dad taught you flagging tape from where you shot to try and find, and, and especially because this is such thick country, uh, to find to find that animal took a lot of effort. I meant to ask you that because never like mm-hmm. so I marked the spot that we that we um, shot from, and then I 
I assumed that there was this one really obvious shooting gallery that I, I looked mm-hmm. down. That was the first one we looked at. Mm-hmm. Did you find the moose on that on that gallery, or, or was it significantly farther? Than it away? was not far from the first shooting gallery. So that was the right one. Okay, yeah, it was the right one. Yeah, because that because there was a couple other things. Right. I was going to say if you if you if you switch your frame of reference, like could that have been this the, the shooting gallery you were looking at? I thought about there's a couple other spots, but I, I was certain that was the one. Mm-hmm. And it's so important if you if you do take that shot and, and not especially that kind of country, like try to if you can mark something that you see down there that's like hundred percent I see that stump next to the animal that I just shot at mm-hmm. and put that in your brain and then lightning tape on where you shot from take compass bearing to where stump is and that gives you a bunch of information to work with. That's that's something that of of. The amazing numbers of things that you told me that I've ignored, that is something that I heard and has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I do it religiously now. Because it's mm-hmm. amazing. You're like, you're in this shooting spot, like me and Ben here, we hunt blacktails mostly. You know? Oh, goodness, yeah. And it's like thick, salal, mm-hmm. crazy West Coast, thick as shit country. And like, you're up there and you're like, oh yeah, I shot. I've shot deer, seen them drop on the spot, and be like, oh, there's those two trees that do this thing, and there's that bush there. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, when they get there, I'll see the two trees that do that thing and that bush there. And you get there, and it's like, you have no idea. It's like, it's, it's unbelievably different. Yeah. And so that's one one of the many things I've ignored that you've said that has stuck with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Put flagging tape and take a compass bearing, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. You just give you a reference because you you yeah. go down especially well, if like elevation. You go down there, and then you're like, you think you know that it's so obvious and it's a completely different story. Well, and then this goes back to like where we were talking about like the stress of it. Like I'm in this extremely stressful moment. I've just pulled the trigger on an animal. I've committed to killing this animal. I, I'm 100% sure it's a 10 point, but Jesus Christ, maybe it's not. And then now it's run off and will we recover it, right? Yeah. All of these things are going through my head. And then I got my good friend Will, like, hey, yeah, hey, what's going on? You got Joe on the radio, like, checking <laughs> in. And I'm like, dude, just give us some time. We need to sort this out. This is quite stressful. I mean, and for me, it's stressful. I mean, I, I, I like, I'd like to just that. But when you pull the trigger, or when you recover the animal, like, it's not a hundred percent situation, right? Yeah, like really. you'd like to think it is, but and I, and I made a hundred percent perfect shot on this animal, and I was a hundred percent sure of it, and I you know got him through both lungs. He was going to die, but ha- he only ran like twenty yards. Had he run two hundred yards, I've had white-tailed deer shot through both heart, sorry, both both lungs that run for a hundred fifty yards, like. You know, that if he had if he had gone 150 yards, gosh, that would have been hard to find him, hey? Yeah. And, like, oh, and they never run straight, do they? Mm. It's always some loopy... They run downhill. Circly. For the most part, they run downhill. But yeah. No less. Like, anyway, that, that that was stressful. And it was just, you know, acknowledging... I mean, and then it was kind of beautiful, too, when we recovered him. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, how, like, how did you feel? When you you you've harvested a lot of animals, oh, how did you feel with this one? This is, you know what I haven't killed a moose since I was with my dad, and my dad's now gone. And my I grew up hunting moose with my dad and my grandpa Wally and my dad Bud and uh, my I I started hunting elk like maybe fifteen years ago, like kind of just before my dad died, and. I kill an elk every year so that I wouldn't actually be like all that and shouldn't go hunting moose with my dad, which is kind of a, you know, but moose hunting is like, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to get moose and it's hard to even live in tough places. And I love hunting elk because they, they live in beautiful places and they're, and they're just a really active hunt. So I kind of got into it and had success. And, and then, uh, so this is the first moose I've shot since my dad's been gone, and and I had that moment where like hanging out with you, you down there, and we were like, mm-hmm. doing our offering with the like, tobacco, and and uh, 
You just kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a moose hunter. My family is a moose hunter. Always my dad's a moose hunter. It was really nice to reconnect with that. With my, yeah. A little close to that. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a little close. That's it. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Well, let's finish Cheers. off this bottle of Lymphitic and, um, yeah. Say goodnight to the podcast. Yeah. Let's carry on with our evening and, yeah. Anyways. To the moose, you boys. To the moose. Mm-hmm.